Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and then also put a marker in Luke chapter 2. And I'm excited to preach this morning because I believe God's given me a word. I'm going to say that again. I'm excited to preach this morning because I believe God's given me a word. Anytime you hear that in church, I'll just give you a tip. Get excited. Because that's what happens in church. We believe that when we open the word of God, what does it do? It speaks. And when God speaks, something happens and it never returns void. His word says, my word never returns empty. And that's what's going to happen this morning. If you believe it, it will happen in your own life as well. So you there yet? Isaiah chapter 9. Most of you would know that in Isaiah 9, if you've been in church for any amount of time, this is messianic uh, passage of scripture, messianic portion. And uh, it's beautiful. It's speaking about Jesus, speaking about the coming Messiah. So in verse 1, it says this, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time... He brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. Now, if you don't know, those are the two of the sons, two of the other sons of Jacob. But in the latter time, he made the glorious way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, of them has light shone. Listen to it. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Now turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field. We had a few shepherds on the stage this morning. Keeping watch over their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of what? Great joy, that it will be for all people. Great joy. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your word. God, we thank you that you always speak through your word. Father, I just pray that you would speak and minister to your people this morning, God. Father, help us to stop and just to center our lives on your word. Father, to center center our lives on Jesus, who is the Word. Father, I just pray for that, Lord, and I pray that there would be an indelible print on people's lives, Father, through the preaching and the teaching of your Word this morning. God, I just pray for your presence to be felt here this morning. And Father, I just thank you that you love every single person here. Father, you have a plan for people's lives, God, and you always speak life through your Word. In Jesus' name, in a faith-filled church, said together. In a faith-filled church, even up the back, said together. Amen. Amen. So great to see people up there as well. When we used to do church here, there wouldn't be anyone seated up there. And so I'm excited to see people up there. But hey, Advent is where we are in the season of life we're in. We're in Advent. And what is Advent? It's simply a journey towards something coming, which is Jesus, a celebration of the birth of Jesus. That's what Advent's all about. It's about anticipation. It's about the coming hope. It's about preparation for what God has for us. But there's been three specific words that God has given me for these three weeks that I've had to preach 
From the end of our Holy Spirit series called Close, I had three Sundays to speak before Christmas. And he's given me three words. Last week I spoke about um, a change coming. And what does that change? It simply means salvation. Because that's what it was for the people 2,000 years ago. What did Jesus represent to them in terms of the Messiah? Simply this, salvation, righteousness, redemption, God coming to the world. There's a change coming. So I spoke about salvation last week, but the next word I wanted to, to speak about that I believe God's given me is joy. Joy is something that entered the world permanently at Christmas time, the very first Christmas. Joy. So the title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, you can write this down. Is this, there's joy coming. For, for someone in here today, there's joy coming in your life. For someone in here today, you came in and there was sadness all over you. I'm believing you're going to leave here with joy. Joy is an interesting thing because it's often something that we actually miss in life. We get it wrong. It gets twisted in a way by the world and by the enemy that sometimes we miss it altogether. The world's view of joy, listen to me very carefully, it's incorrect. The world's view of joy, the enemy's view of joy, it's, it's incorrect. It's defunct. It's this futile, temporal enjoyment. It's not true joy. True joy comes from Jesus. True joy comes from heaven. It's deposited into you. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, can I get an amen, amen of thankfulness for that? There's a lot more to joy than the world would like to give God credit for. There's more to joy, and we can, again, use Christmas as a time to remember that joy, to celebrate the benefits of having Jesus in our lives. One of those benefits is he's deposited joy in you, and he wants you to live with it. Joy is so much more than surface level. It's so much more than something we might skim across in our quiet time, just see it on a page in the Bible. It's even more than happiness. Happiness is great, but it's more than that. It's actually describing that Jesus is with you, that joy will be with you. And the word that was given prior to Jesus being born was this, joy would be in you, joy would be Jesus himself. Jesus is a true source of joy. That's why we call him the reason for the season. But why do we do that? It's because of joy. His joyful birth. His joyful time. Why did the shepherds get excited after they first felt fear? They got excited because of joy. It's a critical component in a believer's life. It's critical. I don't know about you, but you can't truly be a Christian and not have joy. I know that's a statement, but I just want to say it. You can't truly be a Christian and not have joy in your life. It has to be prevalent. It has to be there. I'm not talking about sadness, which might come in and out. But true joy exists and it stays. But the thing about Christmas, and this is why I think God wants me to preach on it today, is because Christmas can sometimes uncover, uncover or expose and make us feel like there's sadness in our lives. Something's not there. And the, the enemy loves to suck joy out of Christmas. It might be because of a broken relationship, the loss of a loved one. Maybe someone's not sitting at the table this year at Christmas time. And so you could feel this absence of joy. Can I encourage you? You can have joy because you have Jesus. Christmas might expose a void in your life, some sort of lacking in the natural that 
is exposed at Christmas time. And sometimes that can happen because we come together. It's a special time. But sometimes what the enemy does, he wants you to notice more what you don't have than what you do have. And joy is something you do have. Joy is a promise that was fulfilled 2,000 years ago that supersedes all the holes that this life gives us. True God-given joy in the form of Jesus is the great hole filler in our lives. It fills us up to live joyful in Jesus' name. Joy is the blessing of having God in your life. Joy stems from knowing Jesus. Christ provides a joy that means we don't actually lack anything. In fact, it's joy that's supposed to be overflowing in us. Paul said it this way to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He said, I'm acting with great boldness towards you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort. Listen to it. In all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. The Bible uses the picture of filling when it comes to joy. Filling up. Filling, being filled, full. But it doesn't just stop there. It talks about overflowing joy. That's what Paul said. Even in my great affliction, I am overflowing with joy. I wonder if your life is overflowing. In 2 Corinthians 8, he says in the midst of a severe trial, and this is something that Aaron already shared. I love that he preached an offering message on joy right before I get up here to preach this message. I didn't tell him about it either. He sent me his notes and I didn't tell him because I thought it was amazing that he'd already got there with God. But it says, in the midst of a severe trial, this is talking about the Macedonian churches, their overflowing joy, there it is again, the overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Joy is meant to overflow in your life. That's the purpose of it. But there's also this sense of being sufficient in joy. That God wants us to feel supplied with joy. And I think that's a word for us this morning, that there is this inner contentment, this inner sufficiency in our lives that comes from the joy that's been deposited in our lives through Jesus. Can I encourage you? If you don't feel that way, you've got to search for it. You've got to believe for it. You've got to ask God for it. There should be an inner sufficiency in Christ that comes that causes joy in your life, that causes you to live different, causes you to ignore certain things because you have joy, causes you to take a pass on certain maybe uh, decisions. You say, I'm not going to go and do that. I'm not going to be a part of that crowd. I'm not going to go that way. Why? Because I don't need to, because I have Jesus, and Jesus is my joy. I'm sufficient. I have contentment. I have an inner sufficiency. Again, in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul says it like this. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are a letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter of the Spirit, but in the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Joy, inner sufficiency, inner contentment that only comes from God. So I want to preach about joy. Is that okay? Three things about joy. Here we go. Number one, joy is a gift from God. Joy is a gift from God. No other religion in the world, no other faith in the world can claim this. 
that in the midst of severe loss, you can also have joy. You can grieve loss. You can experience loss. You can experience maybe a a void, something missing. But at the same time, you can still have joy and that joy can still overflow in your life. It's beautiful. That's why, because joy is a gift from God. Whilst we grieve loss at funerals, we have memorials for people that have gone on to eternity. Whilst we grieve in that moment a loss, we can also have joy. It's wonderful and I love it. It's oftentimes the source of strength that sustains us in times of loss. What sustains us in that time? It's joy. It's not anything else. It helps us get through grief. But it's joy. In Nehemiah chapter 8, it's an amazing passage of scripture. It says this, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who's nothing ready. There's a celebration going on. For this day is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Even in times of grief, even in times of loss, the joy of the Lord is what sustains me. The joy of the Lord is what helps me get through. The joy of the Lord is what gets me to the other side. And can I encourage you, if you're facing something that seems so severe that you can't make it, can I encourage you, joy is your strength. Joy in the Lord is what will get you through. That's why so many people, they face major life events and you look at them and you're like, man, how how is this person going to get through? How is this person going to make it? And the reason that time and time again you see people, they move through it, it's by the grace of God they have joy in their lives. And the joy comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from from temporal things. And often that's the trap. You know, the thing about the enemy is this, that he doesn't take a break. You might be going through something. You might have faced something so bad, but the enemy is not going to stop. You think he'd be at least enough of a gentleman to leave you alone. But I know in my own life, Jill and I have been through some things and we've felt that immediately in that moment, feeling so defeated, feeling so worn out, feeling so at a loss, but the enemy just keeps coming. But I just want to encourage you that it's joy that actually overflows in that season. It's joy that carries you through. Jesus' birth was the gift of joy to us all. Joy that comes from Faith in Christ is true confidence. You know that God actually wants you to enjoy your life? I'm just going to preach on this for a little bit. He wants you to enjoy your life. Like, have a good time. Enjoy the season. Celebrate the moments. Laugh. Have fun. He wants you to enjoy your life. But what we do is we start looking to other things as the source of our joy thinking that that's what's actually going to make us happy. But that's the opposite way of living the life that God wants us to live. He wants you to understand that joy is where it all comes from, his joy, nowhere else. Jesus said it himself when he told the disciples who he was. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. The good life, an enjoyable life. Can I get an amen? He wants you to have joy in your marriage. He wants you to have joy in your relationships. He wants you to have joy in your finances. He wants you to have joy in every single area of your life. Joy is a gift from God. Number two, 
Joy is more than happiness. There's a difference. There's a difference. Joy is more than happiness. The question we often ask ourselves and ponder in life sometimes when we reach certain points and maybe, maybe times and seasons of reflection, we say, oh, am I really happy? Am I happy? Is what I'm doing right now, is it making me happy? I remember my dad always used to say, he'd be like, oh, are you happy? Like, are things good? Are you happy? He always was concerned about my happiness. But happiness is sort of what's happening around me. It's just what's happening. It's just what's happening around me. But joy is on the inside. So things that are around me might not be happening right now. Things might not be that great right now around me. But that doesn't mean that I don't have joy. Joy is actually deep down on the inside. Happiness is on the outside. As adults, we want our marriages to be happy marriages, happily married. I know I am. <laughs> As parents, we're focused about how happy our kids are. Can I just encourage you? Teach your kids how to find joy. Teach them to understand that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And that even when maybe something happens to them, again, happens, that joy is what sustains them. Happiness is important. But joy is more important. I love it if you could write this down. Happiness may come and go, but joy is here to stay. Happiness may come and go from my life in season upon season change, but joy is here to stay. And one of the reasons that we stop and get excited and celebrate Christmas is because joy landed in our lives that day. Joy landed in my life. My journey with joy has been one of those ones where I've always been a happy person. I've always been pretty optimistic as a person. I've always been, I'm, I'm sort of like a glass half full kind of guy. I just am. And I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. I've experienced severe loss in my own life. But it wasn't until I experienced severe loss, and some of that with Jill and I together, that I truly experienced what joy is. And joy is something that stays. So when sadness comes, when a season of life comes and it's devastating even, joy is actually still there. You know, your joy can be the reason that people will even consider faith. When you offload your overflowing joy into the life of someone else, it catches on them. It sticks to them. You ever met someone and they're just so joyful, it's sort of almost annoying? It's like, why is this person so happy, so joyful? But there's this contagious nature to it where people want to be around you when you're like that. People want to be around you when that's what you have on the inside. People actually want to talk to you. People actually want to be around you. My joy can be the reason someone else will give church a try. Even just for a moment, an interaction, a divine appointment, your joy can be the difference maker in a person's life. You know, I, I believe right here in this place, God's going to put, insert joy into people and that joy is going to find itself in a situation of sadness. And that joy is going to be the reason that people open up to faith, that open up to Jesus, open up to the possibilities of who God is for them. I love it if you could write this down as well. My joy can refresh another. 2 Corinthians 7. Again, this is Paul. Therefore, we are comforted. And besides our own comfort, we rejoiced still more at the joy of Titus. But look at what it says. Because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. 
other people, their joy, their contentment in who God was, their excitement about who Jesus was, had an impact on Titus. And that got back to Paul. There's almost like this ripple effect of joy happening in this person's life. And going forth, Titus was refreshed and he came away filled with joy because of them. We can be joy distributors in the kingdom of God and outside the kingdom of God as well. I wonder what your joy level is like. Because I don't know about you, but if, if my joy is not overflowing, I don't know how it's going to get to someone else. I want my joy to refresh other people. I want to be the type of person when I get into a conversation with someone maybe that I don't know, where it's not like if they're having a bad day, then I just bring my level down to them and I sort of commiserate and say, oh man, it's so bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, so bad. No, I want to speak life. I want my joy on the inside. What God has done for me to start to impact them, start to speak life and talk about how great God is. And when you have faith, it's so incredible because even if you're going through something right here, there's so much ahead. We can keep moving. We can keep going. You're going to do great. Everything's going to be, oh man, let me tell you what God has done in my life. My joy can refresh someone else. My joy can be the reason that someone else considers God for themselves. It can also act as a reminder. I love that. Just an interaction with someone, and it can, it can serve as a reminder. Someone actually might have faith, but might just need a reminder. To rejoice means simply to reflect the joy that I have. The closer we are to Jesus and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, the more the overflowing joy can be made available to others. That's why we've got to be in the Word. That's why we've got to be in church. That's why we've got to be around authentic community and other believers who love Jesus because it all helps our joy to overflow. It all helps us to be reminded of what God has done for us. What's your joy level like? What's your joy meter look like? I love that idea, joy distributor. I want to be a joy distributor everywhere I go. Not just happy. It's almost like joy is happiness but with purpose. Happiness, but with purpose. Happiness, yeah, I'm happy, I'm smiling, I'm excited, but it's not surface level. There's more to it than just happiness. There's purpose attached to it as well. Can I get an amen in a very quiet auditorium this morning? (laughs) Happiness may come and go, but joy is here to stay. And point number three about joy. Joy does not depend on my circumstances. Joy is a gift. It's so much more than happiness. And it's never dependent on my circumstance. My circumstance is all about what's happening now. It's the immediate. It's the things I'm facing right now. It's the challenge I'm in right now. Or maybe it's the, it's the blessing right now. Whatever it is, my joy is not dependent on the blessing. And my joy is not dependent on the struggle. My joy is just my joy. It's not about circumstances. And it's definitely not about stuff. It's not about things. Psalm 4, verse 7, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. What is that saying? My joy is better than stuff. My joy is better than things. There's a lot of people and they put their joy in things. I remember as a young person, I used to be so materialistic. I used to be, I mean, I probably still am, but (laughs) I probably still am, but I used to be so materialistic. Like even to the point where it would come time for me to celebrate Christmas or a birthday or whatnot and my parents would talk to me about gifts and stuff and things like that and I'd be so specific about exactly what I wanted and it has to be this type of brand, it has to have this type of logo on it. I have to look a certain way. I was so materialistic. 
But as I've started to walk through the seasons and the seasons and the seasons with God, understanding grace on new levels brings such joy in our lives. I've gotten to a place where it comes to celebrations, birthdays, Christmases, and I get asked by my wife, what do you want? My mother-in-law, what do you want for Christmas? And I just, I just say, I don't know. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. It's not about stuff anymore for me. It's not about things. My joy is not based on my things, my stuff. You have put more joy in my heart, it says, than they have when their grain and wine abound. Other translations talk about more joy than the harvest. More joy than harvest time. When things are good. When the blessing is there. See, that's the thing about joy. I take joy every single time because joy will get me through the good times and joy will get me through the bad times. Joy will keep me going. My inner sufficiency, my dependency should always be in Jesus. The Holy Spirit and the revelation that my heavenly Father is good. My heavenly Father is good because that's His nature and His nature cannot change. That's who God is and that's the joy that He brings. It's shocking to me how many people, they live their lives just unhappy. And there might be people in here today and you're just flat out unhappy. Can I encourage you? Put your focus in Jesus. Put your faith in Christ. Look towards God for your happiness because what you'll find is so much more than happiness, you'll find joy. And joy is so much better than anything the world would love to give us. You know, this week I went to Colombia to visit Compassion Projects. It's the first time I've ever done that. I've been a, a, a Compassion sponsor since I was 19. 19 years, I'm 36 now. It was the first time I've ever went. I went with a group of pastors. We went down to Columbia and we were hosted by Compassion and Compassion is just doing a phenomenal job. Do you know that right now, as of this week, we celebrated with them while we were there, but they ticked over 2 million children sponsored around the world through Compassion. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. 2 million Two million children sponsored. Columbia alone, there's 90,000 children that are sponsored. 300 churches being uh, worked through. All of it happens through the local church. But at the start of the week, I was asking God because He's given me three specific words for the three weeks leading up to Christmas. And I'm asking Him, you know, what should I, should I do this one? I should do that one. Which one should I do? Which one should I leave for next week? Which one should I do this week? And you know, it wasn't until I came into contact with these kids did I realize that it needed to be joy. Came into contact with these kids who literally have nothing except church, people around them, and this understanding of who God is. Joy. Joy. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now, though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Inexpressible joy. I want to speak it into your life right now. I'm believing because of the Holy Spirit being in this place that He's going to put joy into people fresh. He's going to put fresh joy into you. He's going to put a fresh sense and an understanding and a revelation that my, I might need stuff in my life, but what I truly need is joy and my joy comes from God. Could you stand? I want to pray for some people. And I don't know where you're at right now. But I know this, when it comes to Christmas time, sometimes there's, there's a lacking of joy. 
Sometimes there's a feeling that joy doesn't exist. Sometimes there's a sense that this loss is just too much for me to bear. I want to pray for you. You can leave that right there. I want to pray for people to have joy. I want to pray for people's happiness. I want to pray for people who are sad. I want to pray for people who are going to have to sit at a table this Christmas and know that there's someone that's not going to be there. I want to pray for God to give you joy this Christmas, for there to be a sense that you know, even though this might seem a little off, even though there might not be someone here, maybe it's sadness. I want to preach joy into your spirit right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for people whose kids are away from God and it's causing sadness at Christmas time that there would be a joy that still rises up on the inside of you knowing that God has a plan and He has a future for them. Even in the midst of this season, I wonder what your joy looks like. So with every head bowed and eyes closed in this place. If you're listening to this message and you're like, man, everything He's saying is speaking to me. Could be sadness, could be anxiety. You may be anxious about Christmas coming. You might just feel sad today. It might just be a thing that you're facing right now. Or maybe it's a prolonged season of sadness or unhappiness or a struggle. I want to pray for you. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you're standing. Come on, lift your hand. I know there's more than one person. Awesome. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Lord, I just pray right now, Father, for hands that are raised, people that are going through stuff. Lord, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're putting joy into people right now. Father, there's people that are crying out to you, opening up their hearts to you. Father, I pray right now, joy in people's seasons. Joy in the midst of sadness, Father. Joy in the midst of an unhappy moment, Father. I pray for joy to be the portion of your people today, Lord. Father, I just pray right now that even at at Christmas tables, Lord, where people are coming together, God, I just pray that even in the midst of a challenge or or a broken relationship, Father, I just pray there would be this sense of joy. And that joy, Father, wouldn't just be something that fills up a little bit, God. I just pray pray right now in Jesus name that this joy would be overflowing Father thank you Lord that you don't just uh, uh, meet the need Father but you always go so much further Lord I just pray for that overflowing right now God I just pray for overflowing I want to pray right now for people that because of a lack of finances you feel like there might be sadness this Christmas just raise your hand if that's you if you're feeling like you don't have enough money to provide Christmas presents stuff you got to get you don't know how it's all going to work I want to pray for you just lift your hand Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you provide for your people. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, that even at a time when it feels like, man, we're not going to get it all together, we're not going to make the month work. Father, I just pray for your provision in people's lives. Father, I just pray that you would provide for people, Lord, that there would be supernatural provision for your people this Christmas, God, that there would just be this sense that you've got it all in control, that you're, you're, you're the sovereign God, Lord. You know what you're doing, Father. You care about your people, Lord. Father, you care about the birds of the air, Lord. You, you absolutely care about your people. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. And the last thing I want to pray for right now is I want to pray for people who are struggling with anxiety, struggling maybe with depression that's onset. I want to 
to pray for people where there's a sense there's a heaviness on people. I'm going to pray right now and ask God just to lift it off you. So with every head bowed and eyes closed in this place, if you've been struggling in that area, just lift your hand. you see every hand raised Father I just pray right now Lord that your joy would flood into people's lives Father that people would just feel this happiness on the inside that's not something coming from the outside Lord but it's something that you by your supernatural power has deposited in them Father I pray for anxiety to lift Father I pray for depression to just move away Father I just pray for any Um, spirit Lord that's not of you to leave in Jesus name Father I pray for this heaviness that may be residing and and sitting on people Father would go Father there would just be this sense of release in Jesus name Father your Holy Spirit would would be working through people Lord Father that joy would begin to work through people's lives thank you Father that you, you work from the inside out Father I pray from the very inside of people's beings and their spirits God there would just be this sense of joy that overflows and moves out Father I thank you for it Lord Father we declare your glory in people's lives we declare Jesus in people's lives Father we thank you that you sent Jesus and we celebrated at Christmas because you wanted to set people free so Father I declare freedom over your people this morning God I speak it into people's lives God I just ask that if there's any area of bondage Father if there's any area of 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 constriction or restriction God that you would just release it in Jesus name that it would just leave in Jesus name God I just thank you that you're your, your purpose and your plan for all of us, Father, is to live free. In Jesus' name. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.